What is shaking, everybody? Welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. It is great to be here with you. I'm your host, Kyle Serlo. Today, I am joined by my friend, Jess Stemak, where we're going to talk about this past weekend's Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the stuff going on in the Middle East, a little update regarding California Assembly Bill 672, and we're also going to share some thoughts on uh, the upcoming high school golf season here in California, and then uh, at the end, I'm going to share a few of my thoughts on my visit to Brambles, uh, the new golf course that is being built in Lake County, California. But before we do that, I wanted to let you guys know that this episode of the podcast is proudly sponsored by Hot Drops. That's right, boutique handcrafted hot sauce made right here in Sonoma County, California. Visit hotdropsauce.com. Order yourself a variety pack, see what you like, and then once you get your taste really dialed in, then you can just go heavy on the couple sauces that really seem to make everything. Rice, tacos, pizza, whatever it is, it is amazingly great hot sauce. And the good thing about hot sauce that I was thinking about the other day is hot sauce is fun. Like hot sauce just makes food more fun. And the most fun you can have with hot sauce are hot drops. So one more time, visit hotdropsauce.com. And just enjoy yourself. Get heated, you know, get get some drops. And then also we are sponsored by SuaveGolf.com. Uh, SuaveGolf is a company that I uh, manage and I run. I put together golf trips that you and your friends can sign up for. It takes all the logistics, all the planning out of your hands. We have a calendar uh, with a few events on the horizon. I'm actually about to post a couple of those here in the next few weeks. We're getting the rest of our 2022 and 2023 calendar all figured out, so make sure you are visiting suavegolf.com so that when those events do get open, you will have first crack at joining me on what is assuredly going to be one of the best golf trips of your lifetime. So with that being said, let's get to the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, we're back. Boat. Man, it's just like riding a bike, brother. It is. Here we are again. Just right, right back here where we need to be. and uh, Familiar walls and window. Familiar walls. Although, a little odd. We're recording this podcast a little earlier in the day than we normally do, so it's, it's kind of weird being in the, in the dojo with a little daylight outside. Not even happy hour yet. <laughs> we really should find a way at some point to infuse this podcast within the happy hour structure of uh, a the local, local watering hole. hole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very well done. So... First of all, man, it's great to see you. You too, buddy. It's been a couple weeks since we got to do this last, uh, honestly, a lot of stuff going on in the world of golf since we last uh, podcast together. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to jump into it. Um, and so I'm just going to start where I want to go. The thing I'm most curious to hear about, and that is we had boots on the ground in Monterey <laughs> this past weekend at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Now, um, we're going to get into a lot more stuff you know, in this podcast about like the the tournament at large and what's happened to it, especially going up against the the tournament in the Middle East and whatnot, but it's still a great golf tournament. It's still one of the most spectacular places in all of golf. Someone like you who's not, you know, just visiting this past weekend, someone who's worked and lived at Pebble Beach and Monterey, I'm just, I'm so curious. Uh, first, just to kind of get your, your mile-high sort of observations for, from the weekend about both Monterey and, and the tournament itself. Yeah, it, uh, it, re- it rekindled the flame. The uh, obviously, if you haven't been, Saturday is the the day where all the main pros, the top level guys, and and the big celebrities are at Pebble. So that's that's the day 
you want to you want to have the boots on the ground. Um, what and, I kind of that was the day you were at the tournament. I was there Saturday. Okay. Um, kind of forgot just how, for lack of a better word, surreal it is out there at the triangle. You know, in between six, uh, seven, eight, and fourteen. Mm-hmm. At that point, so they've got they they've I mean it's probably been ten years since I've been, and it is a spectacle out there. They have built this huge platform. They have an AT&T loft. They have every type of food and drink you could imagine. So they have everything in the middle of the triang- triangle in the very middle. built out. Everything in the middle. Okay. Huge built up. I could not believe. So I, I you know, I was always told people there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were joking like how would you like to be the, the guy that signs off on this built-up platform saying, okay, it's okay to have like 6,000 people hammered up here to not give away? It's not – I mean, it, it, there's just so much that goes into it. You have a lot of strong but engineerial it, prowess. I mean, minus a rock concert, you basically felt it was just – you're just out there tailgating. Long lines for – it was – I love but, that. I love the vibe, though. It's, it sounds fantastic. Oh, it was awesome. So many young people, so many young people, and I'm talking college age or just after college. I was really impressed. It, there was way more young people our age there mm-hmm. than 50, 60. It was, it was impressive. And that's kind of the point too. When you kind of, you get off there and you head towards six green, you forget that that vantage point is like, you look left and you see 8, 9, and 10, and then you look right, and you see 18 and, and kind of a little bit of 5, which is definitely the most underrated par 3 at any major course or any major tournament venue. They, they, they That green is even smaller than it used to be, uh-huh. and the pin was back right, and it's like I saw Cantlay hit one long right, and I was like, that's – how you, how are you thinking of even taking on that pin? So is it safe to say you like the modern version of yeah. five that Jack Nicklaus built, as opposed to the heading back inland towards the like the back tees on six? When it was like, didn't you have to used to hit it in between like two huge like groves of trees? It was almost like a little alleyway shot in between like the tall the trees back there. If you go back and watch some of the old like USAM like stuff with like Tiger yeah. back in the day, watch them play uh, number five. You're like. Where are they? Yeah, it's it's, it's a trip, man. But yeah, that that fifth hole is it's a fantastic spectacular. Golf. It's the best golf hole in ninety nine percent of golf courses on the coast. It's so good, you know. <laughs> but that was it. Kind of, and just how you can see that much and realize how far you are away, and then like, do I really want to walk all the way out to ten? Because it looks looks like it's in Carmel. It looks like yeah. it's in Big Sur, <laughs> right? But just the views. Um, you know, I've been so pumped on Bandon, right? Because I've been three times. Yeah, and before. You know, pre-Bannon, I was I was the guy saying there's no way it holds a candle to Pebble in their courses. Sure. This trip kind of reinvigorated the uh, the argument from golf course perspective. You know, just that view alone, you don't get anywhere at Bannon mm-hmm. where you see literally those holes. That's you know out in a point. Everything is more kind of back and, and confined or either in the hills at trails. Sure. But you don't get that vantage point where. You're high, and then below you, both directions is low, and then back up. Yeah, that's a crazy vantage point. I I I stopped for like a minute, and I looked left for about ten seconds, and I looked right, and I was just like, 
this is crazy. I, I mean, this might be the best view on any golf course in the world. You, you wouldn't be wrong. And it's funny because I was right as you were saying that, I was trying to think like, all right, what are some of like the best like viewpoints at yeah. Bannon that maybe could hold a candle? And there's yeah. some really good ones, but there nothing are. in the sense that you're talking about where it's like you're out like actually on the coast mm-hmm. and like looking left and right and seeing everything because at Bannon, all the best, you know, vantage points are at least like a golf hole away from you know the, yeah. the the cliff edge or anything like that you know the 14 t at pacific comes to mind yeah and in some other places but yeah that's uh having been back down then if you had to pick any course at bannon versus pebble does any course abandon stand a chance in your eyes trails okay trails trail trails yeah okay trails i love that yeah i mean that's the thing is like and it really showed on tv this weekend too like it's got to be unbelievably spectacular when you're there in person, but man, it's, I, I kept thinking to myself as I was watching on TV this past weekend, this course still looks better on TV than anywhere else outside of Augusta national. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, like Pebble shows so well on TV. It's shocking that it, 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 and it, it, it showed out. It pops, weekend. man. It really does. Um, and the good thing about being live at a golf tournament, I'm always telling my high school kids, telling people we've talked about it before. PGA Tour players hit bad shots, too. Oh, yeah. We were walking from six back towards the tee, down the hill. And then all of a sudden, the crowd, like, stopped. And I'm like, well, there's no player crossing here. What the fuck is going on? Justin Rose pulled it so far left on 14. He was almost across three-cart pass, like, in the left rough above six fairway. Sick. <laughs> he had to hit it 150 yards just to get it to the fairway on 14. And the ball's, like, a foot above his feet. He tried to hit this hybrid, laid the sod over it. And I don't even think it got to the fairway. Incredible. And everyone hammered. Is going, oh, no way. I hit shots like that all the time, bro. (laughs) This 6'7", dude, just an absolute specimen. He had, like, the Under Armour skin tight. And I was just like, I'm like, I guarantee that was him. Just total meathead. I was like, that had to be him. He turns around. He's still talking. I was like, that was definitely that guy. Safe to assume he's not a member of Team Rose. No, obviously ball above his feet and some thick stuff. The, the the contact is going to be muffled, but it just goes to show like they don't always hit perfect golf shots. Yeah. But we did stand behind five for a little while. And what you forget that the mics and cameras do not do justice to is the sound of the strike of a, of a mid iron or a long iron when it still goes sky high. I mean, it's probably 200 yards on five. Mm-hmm. Those things are hidden. they're straight up in the air, massive divots. You can if you're standing, you see the divots start way after the ball. It's What's just that, that like that crispy sound. And Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, almost I, he, I could tell he almost wanted to say like, "Hey, that's how you used to make the ball sound." Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I just like draw back, like turned back the clock like maybe ten years, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can remember hitting a five iron that how. Now the only time I hit a five iron. Well, I don't have a five iron in my bag anymore, but <laughs> would be to punch out under a tree, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> because regardless of the lie, I'm definitely going to a choke up hybrid instead of a five iron. I can hit that thing uh. way higher. <laughs> and I mean way higher. <laughs> that's, a, that's an incredible dig for the mayor of Carmel, by the yeah. way. Uh, yeah, that- like I, I know he just, in the back of his mind, he's just sitting there. And he's like, we're just watching these things. And Tyler's like, I can still hit it that high. And I know he just wanted to turn and be like, you ain't got that one anymore. <laughs> But they are so fun to watch in person. Yeah. So fun. 
That's a great point because really, when you're watching on TV, even someone who plays as much and and you know follows golf as much as we do, you kind of forget that when they have a 200 yard shot, it's not like a late, you know, it's not kind of an ugly five iron like there, the, way that, the way that I'm hitting it or something. Okay. On three, Chapel pulled his three wood left of the world, the farthest I've ever seen anyone miss it on three left. I I thought I thought it was death that far. So left there's Baranka, but he flew it far enough. Okay. He hit it in the. Long greenside bunker on 16 over the back right edge. Oh. Like, as you're exiting that green to walk around the tent or the, the grandstands to go to 17T, envision this. You know that back right pin? I, I don't know what he could hit it over there on, on 16. 16. From 13. From the third tee. Third tee. So, he hit it over there, and there's a grandstand. The pin's front right. Hits right next to the lip. He's got limbs to keep it under. So, literally, he can't hit sand wedge because it's going to go too high, right? He can't hit, like, 7-iron because it's going to go into the lip. He's only about 120 yards away from the pin. Okay. He gets line of sight drop from the grandstand, right? Drops it in the bunker just a little bit further right and back so he doesn't have to get it up quite as quick, but he still has to keep it down under the limbs. Well, Kyle, Tyler's like, what do you think he's going to do? I'm like, this is just a – he's just going to hit like a sawed-off punch, uh, like clippy eight iron, right? He's like, no way keep it under those limbs. I'm like, dude, this is Kyle Chapel. (laughs) Kevin Chapel, sorry, like – this guy's got game. He hit it like four feet and made the putt for birdie. It, there was a guy videotaping it. I hope that footage is somewhere on there because it was a long process. He had to bring the official in. It totally stopped our charge. We were standing there for like 15 minutes. And then he hit the shot and everyone was just like, oh. Like it was one of those things where I was behind the front line and you saw the shot and then you saw everyone turning like to their buddy like, did you fucking see that? Did you, did you see that? Like, it was that good a shot. It's absolute alpha behavior. By I thought, I honestly thought he was going to have to play, like, back towards, not even the fairway, but, like, almost back towards the tee. Huh. Like, at the beginning of the fairway. Man. And I was behind, and I didn't see, I knew he had a chance, but, and plus, also, I told Todd, I'm like, well, he's not going to play back towards the fairway or taking a playable. He's, he's even par. The cut's going to be, like, four or five. So, like, he's not playing for, hey, let's stay in the tournament. It's Saturday at, AT&T, three-round cut, like he's going to try and make a birdie. This, this is my call to ESPN Plus and CBS to find that find footage. Find that footage. It was find unbelievable. Find that footage dude. and give it to us. It was so good. I know I know somebody at ESPN Plus or CBS is listening to this podcast right now. Someone had to videotape and post it online, it, too. It was that good. That is incredible. It was Would awesome. you dare say it was good enough where you'd feel confident saying that might have been the shot of the whole tournament? It was the best shot I saw the whole tournament. Impressive. Yeah. Even more impressive than Spieth's second shot on Saturday on 8. Uh, Spieth's second shot on six we also saw where he hit it to a tap-in eagle. Yeah, sick. Like, he hit it like two feet. <laughs> and he walked up there and he was like, woo, woo, woo. Me and Tyler were talking with Sarah, Tyler's wife. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think he laid up. Like, did he hit it in the bunker down there? <laughs> like, no, that's for eagle. I'm like, yeah, two, two feet tap-in eagle on six is always nice. Tight, yeah, that, that yeah. that's pretty good. What, um, I, I don't really call, I mean, I'm sure, I would, you know, I would have known had I been paying more attention on the broadcast, but yeah. what what do you think Speed and those guys were hitting into six? It looked the like par they five. were just hitting chippy wedges. Oh, yeah, oh, sixth par five. Par five. Oh, no, I think they're probably hitting long irons. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, probably they're, probably they're, like four and five irons. You, you don't think they're hitting hybrids and three woods into that hole? I don't think you want to be hitting a three wood in that hole. Um, from what I saw, it was maybe some hybrids, but mostly long irons. Okay. For those guys that hit it so far now. It's because it's not that long a hole. It's just deceiving because you got looks like you're hitting it into a wall well, when you see, start to and, climb. And that's the thing is like on TV, that slope that goes up number six, it looks crazy on TV. But I know we've learned over the years, especially at places like Augusta, where yeah. 
a lot of times doesn't like, do it justice. The, yeah, the slope on a golf course, it's tough to convey that on television. We like saw in, seeing it in person again, we're like, Jesus Christ. So in that group times in that group, it was the group behind I think it was the group behind Speeth. We saw Josh Allen and uh, Larry Fitzgerald like mid climb. Sweet. And Josh Allen winded. I don't know if he's like not worked out since the since the Bills lost, but he's got a nice little boiler going. Good for him. I don't know if you saw any footage. Like he's got a nice little He's got a nice little dad bod going right now. I feel like he's got like a two month window to really just kind of do whatever he wants before he starts getting ready again. Probably been hammering uh, Labatt's blue and some some wings up there near the uh, Buffalo area. One can only hope. It sounds yeah. delightful. Yeah, that sounds really good. Big boy. He's a visor guy too. Big visor guy. Well, hey, I like that. I think we're gonna try to stock some stock the swap shop with some visors here pretty Everyone soon. I feel, visor. I feel like it's it's overdue. Well, that's remarkable, man. Um, so. Thank you very much for the you know. Oh, a couple other stories. Oh, please no. I, I was about to ask so, you more more questions about the the pro am. So, so go on. Started when you know we're walking in, uh, towards you know we go veteran move. You can't bring in alcohol anymore once you're inside the gate, right? We used to go over to the Pebble Beach Market and they sell everything supermarket prices, like a bottle of white wine, fifteen dollars. So it says no, you know, don't drink on the print. It's not going to stop us. We split a pulled pork sandwich. Okay, it was massive, by the way. Great. It was moderately priced to fifteen dollars. Delicious sandwich. Okay. Very well, moderate for Pebble uh, Beach. Veteran move, Kyle, would be the $3.16 ounce torpedo and the $2.16 ounce Coors Light. No drinking. Can't drink here. Saw some CHP guys. We're literally like, cheers, boys. Just mowing our sandwich and mowing a bevy. Walked in, walked right. Oh, on the way to the market, Bill Murray was parking his car like in the player's lot. Walked next to me and Tyler on the sidewalk for five or six seconds. And I go, what's up, Bill? Not much, pal. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks, Bill. As he's putting on his two different colored gloves. <laughs> his antics. It's it's Pebble Beach, Bill Murray. What are you going to do? You just, you just wear it on the chin. So then we went and had the sandwich and bevies. Walked right past Jim Nance outside the, the little art gallery next to the putting green. Jim, how you doing? He was talking to someone. Gentleman. Very polite. Could have shined his on and ignored us. Been like, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Nice guy. Um... Then we walked out to the to the to the triangle. That's incredible. Yeah, you actually got some some FaceTime and an actual conversation. Bill Murray and Jim Nance and a couple bevies mowing a sandwich where you're not supposed to be in front of a couple CHP all within a good half hour. What a beautiful start to a Saturday. Yeah, God, that is great. I'm actually very impressed that you didn't immediately just start quoting Bill Murray lines because I feel like the temptation for me I, may have been too. The one I would have gone to and it wouldn't even have been Caddyshack. It would have been wild things. See you at the club, Tommy. When he's wiping down the contract. See you at the club, Tommy. I would. I might have gone. I might have gone stripes. Women are attracted to me because I don't wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and when I do, it's usually something very provocative. <laughs> I mean, just that's. Uh, oh man, that's fabulous. And I, I saw there was like a, a lot of people on social media were making like, oh man, Bill Murray doing it again. And I, was, I kept thinking to myself like, there's people that go just to watch him. You gotta wear it. But also at the same there's time, a lot like of good that comes with the Daryl, dude. Why? Why, are you, why? I don't understand why people would complain yeah, people are about. It just, just seems crazy to me. He's, people are hating. Yeah, they, they, they just don't have any time for that boat. No. Um, so and then we did. So, oh, hold on, Kyle. No, no, no. Please go on. You go as so, long as you want, brother. Um, Tyler's wife's best friend is. Uh, and just for reference, Tyler, the mayor of Carmel. Yeah, Mayor Carmel, Tyler Tiedemann. He, he has actually been referenced many times on this podcast. I yeah. believe he, you had the great story about him when he just went unconscious at Windsor. Yeah. That the, one time. So if anybody wants to hear yeah. a good story, find that one back in the archives. But yeah, go on. So his his wife is tied into the community. And 
they got invited and invited us to a to a house party. And if you've been, you know the house I'm talking about. It's on four fairway, right when the fairway starts on the left side. It's always catered, fenced off, tacos, wine. Shout out to uh, August or Austin Hope, a new wine company out of Paso Robles. Oh, they did a tasting there for us. The taco, the taco setup was awesome, top notch. We just sat there and watched group come through and had a great time. Pretty nice little spot to take it in. But you, you're always like, God, I'd like to. You know, in the past, it's like I'd like to even be invited to one of those parties. Stood out here rat race trying to trying to get ahead to see a guy make a putt. You're just kind of taking it all in. It's not Home Depot or Bed Bath Beyond. No, but that is a pretty nice little Saturday. It was a nice Saturday. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty sweet. I've always thought I would love to get in one of those house parties and watch. And you're saying that it's as good as advertised. It was awesome. Yeah. It wow. was. <laughs> rest the feet a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, you know when you you know when uh, your your husband is the mayor of Carmel, you you, you get access to things like that. That's you that, do. that's phenomenal. Um, also talking about the pro am. What did you think about the actual golf tournament himself? I mean, obviously Tim Hoagie comes out a winner, and Tom I think Hoagie, man, grinder. I mean, two hundred plus tour starts, first victory, fantastic. The guy's a grinder, and isn't that the name of a sandwich too? Just like a hoagie, like Is his it? last name. <laughs> He's been out there a long time. He's that's 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 what keeps me watching. Yeah, I mean, the guy's like thirty-two. He's from Fargo, North Dakota, and I. Maybe it's amazing. The, maybe the only one from Fargo, North Dakota, to ever win a tour event. Probably the only one to ever win at Pebble Beach. For sure. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. pretty it's pretty awesome, man. I I do feel a little bad for Mr. Hoagie only in the fact that like what percentage of golf fans out there do you think we're rooting for Hoagie versus Jordo? I did see a clip of his of one of his best friends like watching it live at home and his wife is videotaping him and the guy's just going ape shit. When he rolled in that twenty two footer on seventeen, he was just like flying around the walls. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's uh. so it's kinda like I mean, the Stewart Sink Open Championship win. Like, obviously, everyone's rooting for Watson mm-hmm. in that playoff. Everyone's rooting for Spieth, but luckily they weren't playing together, right? Right. Spieth just didn't. I mean, anytime you're going to cut it into a draw wind, he just miscalculated the wind. He didn't feel like it was hurting, and it was a little bit. That's the risk of hitting the cut into a draw wind. It's just so interesting. And that. he said he hit it perfect, too. Well, so it's, that, that's what's so – I mean, for everybody, like that's part of what we love. That's why Jordan Spieth is so beloved is because you know exactly what he's thinking right there. at he misses, all times. He misses the shorty, and Hoagie pours in. And, I mean, absolutely pours in dead center that left to right 22-footer. Yeah, that was stones. He poured that thing. That was, that was, that was all dead balls. center. Yeah, that was not a JV putt right there. That was no, all balls. That was really nice. Yeah, that was really interesting. What, what was the crowd difference like between Hoagie's group and Spieth's group? So Spieth, uh, Spieth was with who? Who was he with? Let's. Uh, he was with Palmer. I was admittedly. He was with Ryan Palmer. I, I have to admit, I was actually following all the action on Sunday on my phone, and I didn't get only got to watch the Sunday highlights after the fact. So my my kind of timeline of stuff and who was paired with who is a little yeah, mixed up. Hoagie almost he Hoagie almost pulled a uh, 2017 Jordan Spieth. He, I, I thought that thing was just going to keep rolling on 16. He almost hooped that wedge. I know, right? I think it might have been a nine. I mean, nine they, said, they said he had what nine inches in on that for that yeah, putt no, on sixteen. Yeah, no, it was it was like a probably a, not even not even nine inches, like maybe three inches, uh, maybe just another full rotation of that ball. Love it's it. in. It's a great shot. The guy yeah. played great coming down the stretch. Well, that's what I mean, like that's why I don't think anybody, even people that are huge Jordan Spieth fans, no nobody really has an issue with Tom Hogan because he deserved. He went out and grabbed it, man. He starts off with an early double bogey, then he comes back and he just plays lights out golf. You Very know. similar to a Matt Gogol win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great call. You know, not a lot of 
big name recognition, but that doesn't matter when someone knows him. Like you saw the video. It's great. You got to check out that video of his uh, Hoagie's buddy at home. Yeah. Going nuts. That's fabulous. How Seems was, like a great guy. So for anybody like you know, for future years that are going down to or going up, if you're listening and you're from Southern California or Vegas or something like that, you're heading up for all of us, you know, up in the Bay Area and things like that. We're heading down to Monterey. Um, Uber in. Uber in. Actually, great call. Park, I mean, are, are, the buses. Are, are, you're stopping to park or, really far away, like somewhere else inside yeah, 17 I mean, mile drive, right? Go, go park in front of the Safeway down at Carmel. You know what I mean? Uber in from there. If you're taking the shuttle, it's depending on where you're coming from. You got to go park in Seaside at Fort Ord. Mm-hmm. Lines, and then multiply that because you got to do it twice. Yeah. Find a way. I mean, now that Ubers are so accessible, and there's a ton. Of them that come down from the city just for this tournament. Sure, I would bet. Like our Uber driver Friday night taking us downtown to uh, Sadie's local watering spot, mm-hmm. cash only, was like everyone's in town for this, but they're probably going to call it a night around 10, and then they'll be back in the morning. Which actually makes sense. So just keep that in mind. Okay. But both times we Ubered, we didn't have hardly any weight. It's kind of Kind of great. And do you think oh, Uber's was... had any trouble getting into 17 Mile Drive to pick no, people up? No, the, 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 right through the gate, the guy just waved him through. Awesome. Waved him through, no delay, no checking, anything. Waved him right through, and, and the Ubers, they, they drop you off right where the shuttles are getting dropped off to, right at the driving range, the old driving range. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, other than, you know, the, the Uber aspect, I, how how long did you get to spend down in Monterey uh, in addition to just going to the, uh, the tournament on Saturday? I uh, drove up Friday morning, went to Carmel Valley Ranch. So good. So good. And it, it was your first time getting to play that golf course? First time. Par 68. Uh, Only Pete Dye golf course in, you know, all of uh, the Monterey area. Yeah. Really, really nice. It was some really tight dog legs. Conditions were unbelievable. Typical Pete. It is a resort. It reminds me a lot of Mission Hills down in the desert. Okay. Everything is manicured perfectly. Green speeds do not get out of control. Great. They're, very very good to be aggressive I like that the and they were super smooth what'd you think about uh you know the majority of the back nine the holes up in the hills so cool yeah uh <laughs> me and tyler and our buddy kenny bowers oh so we played in like three and a half hours also great uh didn't see anyone for 10 holes and that 10 such a great part five um this two so is kind of like at the bottom of the hill Instead of going up to the tips for uh, on 11, they're just sitting there smoking darts, hitting their J- uh, Jameson flask. And we drive up, and they're, like, waving us up. <laughs> they're like, go ahead, go ahead. You know, we don't want to get back to the wives just yet. Because right? they're t- a twosome just flying. And, uh, they're you know, they're red in the face and just just taking a nice little, basically, a, st- a standing siesta, just milking it in. But That is phenomenal. Beautiful hole. Really fun golf course. If you haven't played there, go play there because it is a, a, a very complimentary to all of the other courses in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, I, it's been several years since I got to play Carmel Valley Ranch last, but it is so much fun. And I, it's not going to, it's not going to overwhelm you. Yeah. You, you can miss it in spots. And also being in Carmel Valley, it is kind of away from everything that's happening with the program. So you probably don't have yeah. to deal with the crowds and stuff like that that no. are hovering around the peninsula. So if you want to go to the tournament that, 13, that and get some golf, that'd be a great choice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah, mean, you got, you, it's a beautiful property. Yeah. I mean, 13, the downhill part three. Wild. That view. So I guess like when it's 
like you can see the fog rolling in tower. He's like, you're just like, you feel like you're in a different world. Mm-hmm. But that you're kind of in like a little amphitheater. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Yochidehi, just kind of surrounded by mountains, mm-hmm. but like big boy mountains. Big boy mountains. Big boy mountains. Yeah. That was visually really pleasant. It's pretty tasty out there, man. Yeah. It's it's and, and Carmel Valley Ranch just in general, like the whole resort is a pretty lush, pretty nice spot. Oh, like the the, the shuttles and everything, and I saw where the lodging is and the like the uh, the resort pool and and then the pool for the members. You know, it's, there's members there too. Really, really good deal mm-hmm. if you're under forty five. Kind of a nice compliment. It was a really nice way to start the weekend. Yeah, one of my uh, my wife's best friends, because my wife went to high school in, in Monterey, so one of her high school best friends, who she's still very close with, uh, you know, worked at the ranch for a long time. That's you know local local yeah. lingo. It's, it's, just, it's just called the ranch. Yeah, that's you know? what Dollar And uh, man, it's like she hasn't worked there for years. And she's like, man, I love that place. Yeah. I'm like, you know, when you got old ex employees that are just like, damn, that place is awesome. Yeah, and then like a block, be doing something right. Block, block away from Tower's house. Is Clint's place called Mission Ranch? It's like this little bed and breakfast, and they got a restaurant and bar, kind of waterfront type deal. Love that right there by the uh, the river, leading into the bay. Yeah, just uh, no big deal. Just Andy Garcia in his scarf and his overcoat just walks right past us. I was like, that's nice. <laughs> I'm surprised. Tower's Mer- like, Tower's like, I've seen that guy here all the time. <laughs> I'm surprised the mayor didn't take you up to Tama. Yeah, no, we drove past it, and then a uh, local spot, Baja Cantina, just on Carmel Valley Ranch Road. Yes. It's great. Been there. Fantastic. Been Fantastic. there a few times. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. It, it sounds to me like you really did it right. Missed so it. Did, I missed it. Did you come home after the tournament on Saturday? Did you stick around? And, until- stayed, stayed, stayed Saturday. Um, watched Tyler botch some ribs in the uh, instant, instant Pot. Great. But the chicken wings were phenomenal and the sausages were really good. Yeah. So. Well, hey, get one of them. Two out of three. Two out of three hey, you know, when you're a mayor, you got a lot of responsibilities. The he instant bur- Pot he bur- success He burnt the garlic bread, too. Well, you know. Like he's got a five lot dollar. of things to work on. Yeah, we brought Sarah Brack some uh, flowers and really nice seltzer pricing down in the Luckies in Carmel. It was only thirteen ninety nine for a twelve pack of seltzers. Yeah, variety number two. Before we move off the pro am, just give me your, just quick thoughts just on Spieth in general, his performance this weekend, seeing him in person. Does if it, you're if you're kind of having mini collapses and knocking it off to hot starts and still finishing solo second, I'd say you're heading in the right direction. I would I would say so too. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna come back to Spieth a little bit. Just I kind of want to ask you nice. about that uh, that shot on eight, yeah, and just kind of you know shots like that going forward. But let's hit a couple other items here in the news yes, portion sir. of our podcast. Um, Harold Varner third one at the Saudi. Did you watch any of the tournament? Didn't watch hardly any of it. Just it was on late at night. Um, I did, literally did, only watched the highlight of him pouring in. The, I just saw that. That's that. That's that's a great jump hug. That's that's up there for jump hugs. high caliber jump hug. That was. Nine point nine. Yeah, honestly, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Harold Varner, and it's a great. I, I, we talked about this on the pod before. I think he finished either second or third at a tournament like four or five years ago. The next day, he was back home. He went to ECU. I think it's just outside of Charlotte, and he's mowing his parents' lawn. The guy probably just cashed a check for like six or seven hundred thousand dollars, and he's mowing his parents' lawn the next day. What a dude! And he doesn't play a lot of safe shots like if you watch his style of no. play like he takes on pins i, I wish he's a gunslinger he's a guy I, I love watching the guy play golf I, the one and how do you not root for the guy he's always smiling no i agree and, and I'm, I'm glad i'm very happy for him that he won this golf tournament granted it kind of stinks that it had to be this golf tournament the one that he won i'm sure the the payday was probably pretty good 
But I'm very happy that he ended it that way, making a 92-foot eagle putt from off the front of the green. Stuff dreams are made of, right? Because now, when I think of Harold Varner and I think of him playing golf, that, I think, will actually be what comes to mind now. Whereas before, and I feel bad because he's great professionals, probably hit tens of thousands of great golf shots. And all I really think about is him topping a three-wood off the 10th tee at Riviera. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And his reaction to that was priceless, too. And then his, his Team Jordan member, uh, you know, that was to beat Bubba. Yeah. That was to beat Bubba. So Bubba had nothing but great things to say. To, I, I will always root for HV3. Always. Sure. I just love that guy on a golf course, off the golf course. I love everything about him. Yeah. And for that tournament in general, like, I'm, I'm – I get – I'm not going to say I'm happy. I'm not sad. I'm just good for the guys that were over there were able to get, get their money. You know, good good for them, I guess. Um, but I do think the stink of everything surrounding the golf tournament, I haven't seen, I haven't had access to any of the actual viewership numbers for that tournament, at least, but honestly, I don't know any golf fans that actually like watched that tournament this past weekend. Just the timing wise, it comes on at like 10, 10 PM or 11 PM Western. And also it's crazy. Cause like that golf course just I didn't looks even see, so like, lame. I, I didn't even see like replays. Yeah. The golf course doesn't even look fun and it's crazy how stacked that field is. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's just going unnoticed. Yeah, you know, it'd be so. I mean, I wonder. That'd be if, a little hit to the ego. Yeah, I, I wonder if going forward, if somehow the PGA Tour is going to try to incorporate. Well, I wonder if they're going to try to tweak the West Coast Swing schedule, maybe move some events here and there, so maybe it's less of a marquee event that would be going up against something like the Saudi. Now, I don't want to disparage any of the tournaments that happen during the West Coast Swing because it's my favorite part of the tour calendar outside of the major season. But, I mean, don't you think the PGA Tour would be a lot happier if, say, the tournament that was kind of getting screwed was, say, I don't know, the Amex in the desert as opposed to Pebble Beach? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised Dustin wasn't there. He's always liked the area. He's been pretty... The guy, I mean, honestly, his favorite weekend, usually played with Wayne. I mean, King Abdul Economic City is one of DJ's favorite, you know, weekend (laughs) hotspots, man. It's just, he loves it out there. Good for Spieth, obviously an AT&T guy. Um, Yeah, it wasn't a great, pretty good leaderboard. I mean, you had Jason Day up there for a while. Yeah. It wasn't all the big names you're kind of used to seeing, but hopefully more people come back. When you were driving down on Friday morning and you kind of following the tournament, did you think, you know what? This is Seamus Power's time. No. <laughs> no. You know what's funny is I made one bet. I made one bet on the, on the AT&T. And I took Maverick McNeely, who finished second there last year, heads up against Seamus Power. And that guy goes 64-64 out of the gate. Sick. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, of course I made that bet. Honestly. And I'm like just like scoping and I'm like, oh, McNeely. I know he finished second there last year. Yeah, that's such that's, a great I'm like, degenerate bet. I'm, I'm, I'm so like, I'm so proud of you for putting some ducats down on that. That that is I'm phenomenal. Like, and he was and he was plus 105 too. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm all uh, I'm all, I'm all KPMG. Woo. Yeah, not uh, what what Mav uh, finished at. I, I, he had a good week. Yeah, he had a good Sunday. He finished. I think Seamus finished at 11 or 12, and McNeely was like seven under. So he battled back. Okay, but through two rounds, it was not looking good. Not looking promising. For I did I did call Seamus Power shooting three over on Saturday though. On the button. Yeah. He shot 74 at Monterey Peninsula. That was a tough, especially because Monterey Peninsula typically. More coverage this year. 
Well, a lot more coverage, and they had Shot Tracer out there, which I know from a production standpoint is they were basically just they, like sorry, pe- or sorry, Spyglass, <laughs> you ugly duckling. Somehow, <laughs> Uncle Jay, Uncle Jay, be, Uncle Jay so has mad. to be. Uncle Jay's got to be so pissed. <laughs> He's boycotting seventeen mile drive because Spy didn't get any uh, love. So, you know what's funny is like. Is, does MPCC typically play as the easiest course in the first three days, or Pebble usually plays the easiest? I think it's, it's weather-dependent. Oh, yeah, good point. The fairways are like tarmacs out there. Those I mean, guys those guys were just letting... I will say this. It was really fun to see Pebble with a little teeth and playing firm, because these last you know five, six years, even with the drought we've had in California, it does always kind of seem like there just happens to be a little rain like right before this tournament happens. A little happens moisture, and, you're a little and, soggy. Then the, and then the greens are a little darty. You can have one yardage instead of two yardages on, on, on full shots in. Those balls you could hear land, and they were... You had to factor in two yardages on your iron shots and wedges. I, I know that this is kind of a silly comparison, but I, I got to go out and play at Bodega for the first time in yeah. a couple months yesterday, and I hadn't been out there, you know, like I said, in a couple months, and we haven't had any rain here in the North Bay Area for a month now. Close and, to a month, three and, and a half weeks. And, man, it, it's, and it's been dry, and it's been warm. It's been a lot of sun. And, dude, the greens out there were as hard as they've ever been, like it, to the point where you could not fly the ball to the hole under any circumstances. Yeah. You were having to land five to eight paces short of the green hoping that you you know, you got the spin right to keep it keep it around the hole. And just I'm just imagining that magnified times ten. Yeah. For somewhere like Pebble and where they were playing this past week. Teeny Greens, like uh Ian Baker Finch said like eighteen times during the broadcast. Well that's the thing is like when they're that firm and you have the small greens like shoot, where do you where do you land it? You can short side yourself very easily. Yeah, no kidding. And when you're long in the pins out there it's death. Yeah, it would, it would have been fun to see more of the world's top players out there trying yeah. to figure that golf course out in those conditions. Because it was, it again, it looked great on TV. It sounds like it was just as awesome, Immaculate. if not more soft, you know, more so in person. Immaculate. Just what a great tournament. Do, do you think, this is the last thing we'll do on Pebble before yeah. we move on here. Do you think the, and we have this conversation every year it seems like, but i got to ask it again. Yeah. Do you think the celebrity amateur aspect of this tournament is unappealing for some of the top players in the world? Do you think they find it to be... A, a you know a con i think they sh- i think that they should embrace it just because of the pip list and the social media thing now yeah embrace it sure cheese it I mean, up for four days I was like, they, they definitely should that is what they should do but do cheese you think they see some it, do some don't do you think they see it as a detriment or something that makes them want to play the or guys participate are, less the guys that are more characters out there seem to play and don't take themselves that seriously seem to do well here yeah I mean, marco mara won five times and he's a pretty happy-go-lucky guy on the golf course, Peter Jacobson. It's these people that generally buy in and realize that these rich people spending the money to play with these guys, that's like a huge thing for them. And it's, who are they to fucking ruin these guys' fucking experience? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's wild. Well, one person that was not there this past weekend was Phil Mickelson. Yeah. He was too busy making headlines doing... A number of other things, including giving interviews. I think it was to Golf Digest. I want to, I want to say it was Joel Beal. I hopefully give him the right credit. Um, Phil gave a, a wild interview talking about how the PGA Tour is displaying a bunch of, quote-unquote, obnoxious greed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but kind of was talking about how they should use this opportunity with the Saudi Golf League to leverage the PGA Tour into giving them back a lot of their media rights and all this other kind of stuff like that. I don't want to go too far into the weeds on this one because we've got yeah. some other stuff to cover. I know a lot of other podcasts have talked about this already, but just in 2022, February of 2022, where where do you think Phil's head's at? Where, where do you, how, how do you I feel about all, where Phil is right over, I think he's got kind of um, – I think he kind of doesn't know where he kind of belongs. 
I think he's kind of in a rock and a hard place, right? Yeah. Like, I think his win percentage on the senior tour is 100%. <laughs> Close to he it, yeah. He just got a five-year five exemption back into all the majors, okay? He was about to lose that exemption. Mm-hmm. So, he's like, well, what do I – how many regular tour events? Like, I'm not playing that good. Do I really want to go all these places? And what do you finish in, in Saudi Arabia? Like, I don't know. 30th? I, try, I actually – other 13th? than watching that Harold I, I, I paid he no attention there. to Saudi. I know he wasn't there uh, coming down the stretch. It's does he want to? As we all know, he can keep his card, right? If he wants to stay out there for another five years, sure. He'll have a he'll play his tournaments that he's good at, and he'll have a couple good finishes, and who knows, probably win again. Or does he want to go dominate in the senior tour? Or does he want to spend more time with his family? Where's the fill that like was not gonna? He was not gonna play the final round of the Open against Payne Stewart like he had the beeper on him. If his firstborn was coming, you know, like you're going to be a dad, that whole thing with Payne Stewart on 18 of Piners. Like, where's that dad? And then he's like flown home. Was it some major back East, like flown home for his son's graduation, then flown back the next night mm-hmm. or that, you know, the, the night of like, where's, so who knows? Like maybe all his kids are older now and he's being selfish and wants to, who knows? Like, I think he needs to make up his mind really, does he want to keep doing these, these funny things on TV? And he's mad at them because they took a million tour took a million dollars from him just for doing that made for TV event, like each one. So but, he, but that's that, the thing he's like, mad about did, that. Uh, the two like, T- but it's funny they're taking they're taking TNT, a million dollars from her, right? TNT paid the tour a million dollars, not Phil Mickelson. Oh, I don't know. No, I, I I've heard it reported. It's like TNT flipped the bill, but I think Phil sees it as like, well, if TNT hadn't had to pay the tour the million dollars. Then they probably would have given it to me, which I don't gotcha. know that, is right. That, that brings in the gray area of what an independent contractor is, right? Correct. And as independent contractors, you know, I they're in a tough situation, man. I I just think Phil, who I love, I love Phil Mickelson. Yeah, he's been one of my favorite golfers. Me too. You know, granted, people always had to be like, "Are you a Tiger guy or a Phil guy?" Yeah. And I I didn't like that because I like both. If I had to pick between the two, my obviously... answer was a Duval. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are a special breed. <laughs> I, um. But yeah, man, he just kind of seems like he's, I don't know. It's just, it, I don't feel like this is a good look for Phil. Yeah. You know, talking about how he's like, you know, let's use. Everything's so new. These are uncharted waters. None of the none of the past players that were had the spotlight on like Phil does really had to make these decisions. Sure. So he's kind of like the guinea pig for someone his age, right? I guess you could throw Lee Westwood in that, and he's being, you know, there's numbers being tossed around about him, huge numbers to go full time to the new league. Uh, Stenson. Well, speaking of which, all right, you, you, you're just, you, it was a great segue because the la- next item on my list is what do you think about that rumor? He's denied it that uh, Bryson was offered a hundred million pounds. I saw him. British co- Sterling. I saw him comment and said, not the case. Yeah, but I think it's because he was offered either more or even like a li- maybe a little less. I just think it, if he, it's anywhere ballpark a hundred. That's crazy. Hundred million pounds. That's crazy. At, at, there was times where the exchange rate was two to one. Yeah. I, know, I know it's not anymore, but like I mean, that's like a hundred. Oh, I was in Scotland and Ireland in two thousand eight. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. Was tough. bad. It was tough <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Woo. Thank God, Uncle Jay, Spyglass Uncle Jay was yeah. flipping the bill for that one. Oh, thank you, Uncle Jay. That's great. <laughs> yeah, man, that is a wild figure. Um, man, could you think? Well. I guess it kind of depends on what you think the next 10 to 12 years of Bryson's career is going to look like, whether or not that's a good idea for him or With not. With his but back? <laughs> might be good for to get him while the getting's good, you know? I mean, I don't know. That's so much money. I mean, th- maybe 
I, someone mentioned it. And I don't know where I saw it. Like, get Anthony Kim over there. <laughs> I'll say, does does he have to forfeit the insurance payment if he goes and plays over there? I don't. Or is think it so. only on tour that I he think has it's to forfeit? Only PGA Tour. Well, that's you know, AK. But do you think AK is even playing golf anymore? I sure hope so. I mean, I, I, we I, all I, hope so. I I still have this dream scenario in the back of my head that he wakes up one day like on the wrong side of the bed. He's just like. He's a big gambler. He's known for gambling, right? He loved the casinos. He loved to gamble. I just hope one day he wakes up, he's like, boys, and you know he's still got his posse, like sleeping on his couch and shit. <laughs> boys, I made a decision this morning. We're rolling the fucking dice. Like, that would just be, you want to talk about a made-for-TV event, that would be a Netflix series. I mean, if he's on the docuseries and we're getting Netflix, the Netflix, if you're listening, Stripe a check to Anthony Kim for $10 million to offset the insurance payment. I think it was roughly that area. Let's get it going. Okay, let's get it going. Captain America. Anthony Kim woke up at 7.30 a.m. on Tuesday, February 8th. And when he woke up, he turned to his boys in the living room, and he said, gentlemen, today I choose violence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, does this happen? For all of our sakes, I hope it, but especially for you. Oh, my God. I hope we get to see AK somewhere someday. God, that would be so great. Um, The first half of the episode is just him drumming. Sergio at Valhalla <laughs> in 2008. Just drumming him to the point where he, he forgets how much he's up on the guy. <laughs> oh, God. I could be such a good producer on that show. Oh, that, uh, or at least a hype guy. We need to get you in touch. Craft service slash hype guy. We need to get you in touch with our Netflix people. It's, if it's you're you. listening. <laughs> um, let's see here. Last time we pod, uh, did a pod a couple weeks ago, California Assembly Bill 672, where they yeah. were going to rezone all municipal golf courses in the state of California to thank goodness like 24 hours after we recorded that podcast it came out that it died you know basically it couldn't get out of you know whatever I gotta pro- believe, part of the process I gotta believe in. we helped shoot it down Kyle I gotta believe I think we were a big part of it certainly um man that would a relief now I know that the California assembly member I think her name is Christina Garcia uh did say afterwards that you know she's not going to stop trying she's going to try to you know run it back again as soon as she's able to which is disappointing to hear but good for golfers time well spent I believe time very very well wow. spent um just a quick question for you what do you think would be more beneficial in terms of getting more public housing built would it be to shut down all municipal golf courses and then repurpose them to public housing? Or would it be charging private country clubs property taxes and then using that extra revenue collected to go towards affordable housing? Well, California loves taxes, right? California does enjoy taxes more than many other states. Probably that route. I mean, if you're going to really try to stick it to golfers, which, again, I don't know why you would do that, but if you really are trying to specifically, you know, put a pencil in the eye of golfers and try to, you know, yeah. you know, tell them they're the reason there's not more affordable housing and if cause them. If those are the only two them, options, then, then yeah, losing yeah, golf yeah, courses in, in is this, not the one. In this sick, twisted scenario, like, yeah. they're they're mostly focused on, because, again, two and, horrible and all the stuff choose. they've done, they haven't talked about rezoning soccer fields. They haven't yeah. talked about re- Golf specific, so they they want. No, they're picking a fight. Yeah, they they have identified golfers as the ones that need to give up a little something. So in this scenario, that's only those tax two the options. green fees. It doesn't have to. I, I just don't understand. Like this whole, 
their argument is so ass backwards. I know after it came out, I did the very rare post on Twitter saying very happy to yeah. learn that this is that this is happening. And at the point retweeted. At that point, I I don't know if it had come out uh publicly yet. Only I only knew because a buddy of mine who is a golf course superintendent, you know, sent me the email update that he got from them straight away being like it died. So then I, you know, said that I was happy. You know, our friend Matt Janella had, you know, responded to me like, Where is it? Where is it? And then yep. dude, because I was somehow tagged that first one, I cannot tell you how many awful people on Twitter were then responding doubling down oh, on this was golf hammering. course he was hammering her. this golf course thing Janella was all over her. man i was just like i was just Probably getting, the most outspoken i've seen him on i know i'm just i'm getting all these notifications i'm like man these people are so lost yeah <laughs> it's such a bummer yeah. I, wish, I wish these people could figure it out all right so california assembly bill 672 at least for right now not happening great news for yeah. us great news for all california golfers great and, news for everybody yeah great news for everybody um and so very very happy to hear that we will keep you the listener Update if we hear any more information about them trying to put this thing back on the assembly floor. Hopefully, they reconsider and don't do it and spend their time on something more productive. Much more productive. Much more productive. Um, all right. We got a couple of things to, to, go, to go through here before we put a wrap on the show today, Boat. Um, any thoughts on this weekend's Waste Management Open or Super Bowl between the Cincinnati Bengals and it's, the Los Angeles Rams? It's a spectacle. Uh, obviously, both, but talking about the uh, waste management, you're going to see some videos of some really inebriated people. <laughs> Is that true? It's, it's really good people watching. Okay. Uh, there's one that was either last year or the year before where there was full fans, and the guy's literally just defying gravity. Is it the one where he's like got the real he's, crazy lean? Yeah, go- he's got the lean going, Ooh. and then he goes backwards, and oh, somehow he's missing the curb. So good. And all while pretending to talk to someone on the phone, like trying to play it cool. Like, dude, you're, you're backpedaling at a rate that I couldn't even jog. Like, no one actually thinks you're on the phone. Like, you are a .38, and you're about to take a really long nap. <laughs> but that video, there's going to be some video surfacing. That it, it is, it's just Scottsdale, perfect temperature. The, the mountains are going to be blue. It's it's a spectacle. It, it really is. 16 is a special environment. I've hit that shot, seen that shot, been on that green with no one in the stands, but the stands up. It's a really cool, really cool. You can see how it's it's, it's a really cool spot. Better better weekend trip with the boys. Monterey to play something like Carmel Valley Ranch and then watch the Pro-Am for a day? Or waste management where you go watch a tournament on Saturday and then find a great place to sit down and watch Super Bowl on Sunday? This year would be a toss-up because the weather was so good. Fair. Average weather year, you're going to Scottsdale. Yeah, okay. But because you can get some... Really bad weather. You can get some pretty some pretty heinous weather in February in, uh, in Monterey. But this weekend was an absolute treat. Yeah, in Carmel. Okay. Yeah. So for so you're like this a true toss up. Yeah. A real who could, a real who could say. Wait to book last minute if you. Okay. Can. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the weather report. Uh, you you got a pick for the Super Bowl? Uh, Joe Burrow's just let's let's not forget. Joey B did graduate from Iowa State before he transferred to LSU. Yeah. So he is a Buckeye, and he said, "I'll always be a Buckeye." Like that. He's just got God, the kid. He, just got, loves Ohio. He's got some moxie. Rams favored by four and a half or whatever. I don't know what it is. That's that's what it started at. They just don't like they let San Francisco almost beat them and like didn't do anything great. They made mistakes. They had bad sets. I, I 
the Rams are definitely. Yeah, I'm not totally sure the 49ers are even that good this year. No, they, they, they had they, 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 looked, they looked good in spots, but they couldn't piece together. If they if the Niners piece together like a complete game, then I think they and they'd already beaten the Rams twice that year. So, and then the Niners had beaten Cincinnati at Cincinnati. So yeah, I since I think it's gonna be a really good game. I will never ever root for an LA team. So let's go Burrow and the Bengals. I like that. I'm I'm, I'm right in the same boat. I, I just don't think the Rams are that much fun to watch. Yeah. For whatever reason. Plus they're from LA. So yeah. That's that's a non-starter. Um. All right, man. Let's uh let's see here. You did mention to me um this article that came out on Golf Digest about Morgan Hoffman. I hadn't heard anything about it, but I thought I'd give you the floor for for so, a minute or so so you can let the people know because you said this is one of the most fascinating. It was an unbelievable read. I retweeted it. Uh, handshakes and birdies on on Twitter. Morgan Hoffman was one of those guys coming out of Oklahoma State 10 years ago that looked like a surefire thing. Polo Ralph Lauren uh, just had the build, had the walk. He was that new age group. He was renting a room from Ricky and and Trigali at at, uh, Ricky's place down in Jupiter. Just kept getting better. Hit the ball a mile. Looked just like a a stock tour player who was going to be out there for 20 years. Remember the story of him coming down with muscular dystrophy where he started to lose mass in his right chest and his body kind of just was slowly deteriorating as it does with with muscular dystrophy. And he absolutely jet-setted around the states, getting second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and sixth. Went to almost a dozen specialists. I don't want to re- – you got to read this article. So now he is basically just – ignoring Western medicine, going to all the other avenues. He's living in Costa Rica with his wife. I don't know who the writer is that did the article, but I retweeted it. Fantastic. Let's give the man his due. This is a uh, article by Dan Rappaport. Dan Rappaport, well-known golf guy, goes down there, spends some time with them, goes through his daily routine, and it is one of the easiest reads and then when you get done with this article, you are going to be hoping that Morgan Hoffman gets back out on tour and kind of delays this thing. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. So for anybody out there, here in the Golf Guide reading room, if you want some a great long-form read, this uh, go ahead and just Google Morgan or Hoffman. look up Morgan Hoffman yep. Golf Digest. It'll pop right up at the top of your search results. Uh, and he was, I'm excited. He was, he I got it queued up. Tabs open on my computer. I'm excited a, to read it. He was a stud cowboy, number one ranked player, uh, number one ranked amateur in the world. So he came out with Ricky Fowler and all those guys he at was, Oklahoma State. He was, yeah. So Ricky, yeah, yeah. Ricky played one year at Oklahoma State, and I think Hoffman played all four. Okay. So he's he's obviously older, but yeah, gotcha. Absolutely, it's it's a great read and a and a, a story that needs to be. Um, you, you, you can't help but read for this guy. Got it. That's awesome. Looking forward to reading it. Yeah. Um. Okay. With that, it's yeah. time for us to get a little selfish here, Bo, to, to wrap the podcast <laughs> up. It's time to start talking about us, yeah, all right? And you know, I just I feel like we don't talk about us <laughs> enough on this podcast. So I am really curious to hear about a photograph that you shared on social media where it looks like, because we're, we're getting ready to kick off yeah. the, uh, the, you know, the boys' or men's Next golf Tuesday. season. Golf season. Uh, high school golf season here in Sonoma County. Over. I know that same thing is happening all over the West Coast, so... Uh, the high school golf season for for the boys is is right around the corner, mm-hmm. and in past years, you know, and, and you know, let's say the last five years or so. I mean, how, how long have you been a high school golf coach now for? I started helping uh, as an assistant in two thousand seven, 
and I was for sure I was a head coach was 2013. Okay, so, so coming up we're, we're, the, we're getting up on the tenth campaign. Coming tenth campaign. Um, during your time as a golf coach, what has the turnout been like in terms of that first meeting where guys that are interested in coming out for the golf team? What What are those kinds of numbers and skills and like what We've What seen, have you seen the last ten years? You know, numbers were high and then really dropped off along with talent. Now the talent isn't there, but the numbers are through the roof. I had twenty six kids at my meeting yesterday. Wow. And I know there's more kids that are coming on, planning on coming out that did not attend. So I, I mean, I, I legit, <laughs> I legitimately might have eight foursomes out there to practice. Man, that's wild. Now, do you think this whole numbers going, numbers and talent and stuff going down, is that something that was specific maybe just to our mama, alma mater in Montgomery, or do I, you think that's something where that we're was, seeing that across, was, the uh, yeah, the, across the leagues, the high end off. level of play throughout high school golf was kind of slowly going it was down to a the point bit. where it was. We had a couple of tournaments scheduled during spring break, and a couple of teams were like, "Well, I I, sh- I can't field the team," and it's like that never would happen. That when never we, would have happened back when we were in high school. school. No. You know I mean, like I can't field six guys. It's like what? And um, I don't even I don't even schedule us in the Marin Catholic tournament at meadow club because our kids are like yeah i'm gonna be out of town on spring break it's like if i was getting to play meadow club i was not going anywhere i wasn't going anywhere and honestly like every year at least when i was playing you know with with coach petrick we had a system yeah. where you had to be challenging guys in the team trying mm-hmm. to get in those the week leading up to the marine catholic tournament was fierce guys oh, yeah. guys were actually like going at each other like you will not take my spot at meadow club yeah this is this is half the reason i play on this team to begin with yeah so <laughs> talent level uh not a lot of familiar faces as far as the new kids. I certainly haven't seen them out of the golf course or hardly any of my returning players. So uh, hopes are, hopes are not <laughs> high. I, ho- I hope to get to, uh, surprised maybe. I'll share one story with a uh, freshman. I, I go, a show of hands, how many of you guys have played golf before? And it was, I, I should say, show of hands, how, haven't played golf before. There was eight or nine. Really? There was eight or nine. Which, there was hey, almost is, ten golfers that had never played golf before. They're coming out for the, a, coming out for the team. Good problem to have, right? Yeah, and, and one totally. kid that was brave enough to ask. A, he he raised his hand. And I go, "What's up, partner?" He's like, "I have a question." I'm like, "I love it." He's like, uh, "So, I'm one of those guys that raises hands. I've never played before. I'm not coordinated, and I just have a feeling I'm going to be really terrible." And I go, "Well, I got a story." I go, "There was one of those kids that came out about six years ago, and then he went on to play college golf at Stoma State." His name's Casey Hughes. He couldn't have been that bad. He couldn't break 60 for nine holes as a freshman. So there's light at the end of the tunnel, buddy, if you put in the work. And he's kind of like looking around like, okay. How many of you kids need clubs? A lot of hands raised. We have a lot of clubs at Bennett Valley. We're going to find a home and talk with Bob today. He's going to give up his two times. So if you're listening, kids, you're probably not. But parents, (laughs) friends of students, if you want to play, Still time. Come Dude, on out. That's so encouraging. And also, I thinking about this kid, you know, saying I'm not very good. Thinking back to like my memories of high school golf. Yeah. I've never played more golf in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're ever gonna get better or have an opportunity to get better, going out into a setting with lots of people that are all playing, you yeah. I mean, the kids that are on the team now are at a huge advantage over a lot of people because how how many high school golf teams have an actual teaching professional as their head coach yeah it's it's i that's why i'm encouraging these kids to come out it's yeah. like if you don't you're gonna knock yourself 10 years down the road you're gonna be paying all this money for lessons and you're gonna be way behind all your friends but it's it's crazy like it has changed so drastically i can remember it being just before this time of year say 
a month ago when you're getting out of school and you're literally rushing to Benton Valley Golf Course to get a bucket of balls before they close the range. Because as you remember, they did a clean pick every night. Yeah. That was a tough. That was About tough an hour play. and a half before sunset, <sighs> range, done hitting balls. Now there's time for these kids to get to the range and come putt or go play nine holes after golf, after school's out. I'm not seeing it. But hopefully this new batch of kids really fall in love with the game and then get interested in it. Man, I sure hope so. That's so. When do you think was the low point in terms of golfer turnout? Would have been like last year. No, since COVID and since kids get uh, PE credit if they play varsity sport. I think that started like three or four years ago. Oh, well, that'd have been nice. My numbers have started to go up, so I would say the low was 2017. Okay, yeah. interesting. And how many of those twenty some odd golfers that showed up yesterday? How many of them did you recognize, or how many of them were on the team last year? I'd say maybe 10 returners. Okay. That's 10 returners good. and a lot. Almost half of my JV basketball team was the meeting. Sick. Which is really cool. Love that. Yeah. Hey, hey athletes are athletes, man. You know, yeah. they got. Um, that's really interesting about the PE credit thing. Do you think word is getting out that you get to miss more school when you play golf than any other sport? <laughs> I think they're going to try and do, like, oh, shoot, I have to be good. I have to put in the time. I have to, to go to a tournament. I must qualify for a tournament. Well, okay, also refresh me because, I and again, I apologize if I've asked you this on our podcast before, yeah. but what is the format? like? Our, so Because when we played, yeah. we would have a home and an away match individually against every team in our in our conference. 1-9, one 1-9, nine, one one nine and one eighteen in yep. the whole match. I don't believe that's the case anymore, correct? Six. Uh, each each team in the league hosts their own 18-hole tournament. Where all the teams in the league show up. Yep. So there is less there is less matches being played less now. Less matches. Less matches. All 18 holes, though. And Did that happen while you were coached? Did that change to get happen? Or has that been the case since you've been, been coaching? They've been pushing hard to go to nine holes only. I'm like, guys, this isn't. I mean, are, is varsity playing five-minute quarters? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, what the hell is that? Golf's 18 holes. And <sighs> so they really, really the SCL schools, like uh, Healdsburg and El Molino, their coaches Annaline. are like, no, we're just doing nine holes. Like, the whole reason we do this is to get to play golf with the other coaches while the kids play. It's like, well, it's I'm, just, not, I, I'm not going to allow bad that. coaching. If, if, that's, if you guys want to go start your own league and not be part of the NBL that when we merged, then go ahead and do that because that's ridiculous. Like, you sign up to... Play That's, golf? What man, are you that doing? Is sensationally weak. Yeah. So that was I. I made sure that that did not. Still, I, I feel like I don't know. I feel I feel sad that they don't get to have more matches. Yeah, it's it's all eighteen holes. You're also getting to play eighteen holes at six different places, which is good. Yeah, I guess it's true. And then you can do matches against some of the other NBL schools that aren't in the top division that are in the Redwood division. I'm taking the kids to the Chico Invitational at Butte Creek. Great. Um. There's the kids don't want to play at Meadow Club during spring break week. So it's what I, is happening to today's youth, man? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, so is my assertion that you get to miss more school for golf than any other sport no longer? It's like two accurate? o'clock, two o'clock shotguns. So depending on, I mean, when, when we're at Ukiah, I mean, you know, that's a long day. Yeah. You're getting out of class at 11. Yeah. Great. So yeah, it's. And we try and spread it. I think there's going to be three tournaments on Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then ours is always on a Friday because we have the leagues. And we can't do it the other days due to summer leagues. So spread out pretty evenly day-wise. But we'll make the we'll make the most of hey, it. Hey, man, I, I'm excited as the, as the podcast yeah. goes on for the rest of the spring. I'm very you excited bet. to get some high school golf uh, And updates. when I do set the date for the uh, fundraising telethon, 
Sure. We're going to need you. Uh, fundraising telethon. I'm there. The ones By teams. the way, before we leave here, because we're, we're going to put a wrap on this thing here pretty soon, I have a another fundraising idea for the Montgomery High School golf team. Beautiful. As kind of a merger with Suave Golf that I wanted to run by you and see what you Love think. Um, okay. Last thing before we put, uh, put yeah. a wrap on our podcast. Um, I finally got to go and visit Brambles, the new Bill Core Ben Crenshaw golf course that is being developed in the oasis that is Middletown, California. Although, how was the blood pressure? <sighs> high. Yeah, it's high. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I I honestly didn't really know what to expect when I got out there. I obviously had seen some photographs, but I gotta say, man, that golf course I think is going to be unlike anything else that is available anything in Northern California. Anything off the top of your head? No. No, it's a totally completely unique, you know, I I heard a interview with Bill core last week where he was talking a little bit about brambles and what he was saying, checked out with everything that I was seeing when, when I was walking and that it's just, it's an old world style golf course, right? Where Sonoma, not, not, not like a Sonoma golf club. It's, it's a little more spread out than Sonoma. There's going to be, I mean, there's going to, there's a, a lot of room in between holes. Okay. I mean, there's nothing there, but it's not like a Sonoma where, you know, you're playing alongside all their holes. I'll, there's a few spots in the golf course that are like that, but the routing is really interesting. Um, it's not, there's not a ton of elevation change out there, but a lot of the golf course plays right up against those little foothills in that little valley that it's located in. But it's old world in the sense that it feels like the golf course was built in the 1800s. Okay. Now, granted, it's not, like, they've, They've so had, he, didn't, he didn't he didn't move a lot of earth. They didn't move a lot of earth. They've had a tough time getting the grasses to grow. And with that weather that we had in Northern California, in November, December, with all that rain, really just, set them just, back. Yeah, it swamped everything. Swamped everything. They don't have like drainage and stuff out there installed yet. So they're still waiting to be able to get out there and gang mow a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But the routing itself is fascinating. Like you visit so many different places on this. I mean, really, it almost feels like Bill Core looked at it and goes, "What would be the perfect, most awesome walking path?" And let's just make that the routing for the golf course because you visit all the coolest places. You you get to every little last nook and crane in this little valley. The uh, the airstrip, you know, the the hang glider, you know, airstrip mm-hmm. that was there that they're building it on is still there. They've got the license to operate it still hung up in their their golf shop that they're building right now. And you know, people are going to be able to fly in and out right through the golf course. You know, live with the members and stuff. Like right now, I think they said they have about 150 members signed up already. Um, but they've already had guys that have just flown right in for a day to come check and things out. This is going to be private. This is going to be private. However, they did meant this is this was told to me two years ago when Kaiser's got to be rubbing off on them to where the point they're going to have a really loose, unrestricted policy. Well, I'm hoping they're they're trying to follow the Scottish model in. It's a private course, kind of like a Muirfield or something like that, or but, like a Dornock, or like or Dornock. But anybody that wants to play, if they reach out write a letter and provide proof of a handicap that's 18 or below i've the way that i understand it is they'll do their best to make sure they can accommodate people that want to come play the golf course good. with it with a daily fee good which is awesome and when i say old world they have More courses are going to start to do that by they have 100 sheep out there that are that live there yeah. and on the on the left side of what's going to be the par 5 7 this beautiful crazy you know long dogleg right par 5 with a nutty green complex like absolutely absurd like in the best way possible there is a whole sheep pen like a, a fenced in area where the sheep live at night that is probably i don't know 10 acres wow 100 sheep that just live there and so when you're playing that golf course you're just going to be playing seven and you're just going to see 100 sheep on the left side of seven Perfect. every single time you go and that sheep pen 
is a great little part in the golf course where a bunch of holes loop around the sheep pen too. So you're going to kind of be seen on the left side of you for seven, nice. eight, and nine. And a lot of the golf course is relatively flat, but they've done just enough stuff with the greens and kind of you know putting some little visual tricks in there where it doesn't feel flat. You yeah. know what I mean? Flat, yeah. but doesn't feel flat. Gotcha. Um, it is going to be so much fun. It's already been shaped. The greens have been shaped. The bunkers are dug out and everything. So you can see exactly nice. what's going to be out there. And it is going to be a ludicrously fun golf course, I think. I, one thing Good. I thought was fascinating when I was talking to the guy who was giving me a tour out there was, as you notice at Bandon Trails, and obviously you don't know at Sheep Ranch because of that bunkers, but Core Crenshaw, Tom, natural bunkering, kind of where they, you know, it's the high flashing, you know, mm-hmm. you can see, and it's got that those rough edges and stuff like that. Yeah. That's kind of become a, a trademark of the modern yeah. minimalist golf movement, right? You see yeah. a lot of core crunch. I was told that they're thinking about not doing that on the bunkers and that they want to do a national golf links of America style bunkering where all the faces of the bunker are all just thick rough. And then it's just the sand just in the flat part at the bottom, which gotcha. I think would look kind of wild as well. But yeah, the sheep, those sheep that are out there, they're going to be out cutting all the rough on the golf course all the time. Cool. I mean, I, I'm sure that they will have mowers out there mowing, some rough, but for the most yeah. part, it's all fairway. Like they're going to mow the fairways, and they're going to let kind yeah of the rest fairways are gonna and kind of do the new minimalist thing. And they're going like, to let the sheep do the rest. You hit it that far offline, you might not get that good a lie. You know, the sheep are going to do the rest. They got a really killer uh, dog out there. Uh, you know, a sheep dog out there named Zeus, who's cool. keeping everybody in line, which is really rad. Um, the golf, the clubhouse that they have right now, which is just a small little building that they're you know continuing to to build out, looks like it's going to be an all time hang. Nice, an absolutely all time hang. Uh, have you been to Glen Eagles in the city? No. Uh, the little nine-hole like public course down there. There's no golf shop there. It's just the bar. And if you're going to check in, you just go up, let the bartender know, and then the bartender will collect your money like you're paying for a pint. It's going to be the same thing at Brambles. Oh, sweet. So there's, there's not like a formal golf shop. It's just walk in, the really low-key killer bar. And if you need something, some ball or something like that, the bartender is going to have a couple like you know underneath the bar they can give to you and send you out. And you know, first tee, two steps Nice. Out, out, out the door of the bar. You're just going right there. It's... It is going to be Sweet. awesome. I'm really looking forward. So if and when that golf course is available to us, I would hope that you and me are going up there to test that yeah, together. absolutely. And if you're going to go back up and look at it again before it opens, I would love to be yes, a passenger. Yes, I will. We we may know uh, someone that uh, yeah. might be able to help out with that. So um, otherwise, Boat, another champion podcast. You got anything yeah. that you want uh, to share with anybody before we put a wrap? No. Let's uh, Hopefully we see some sparks uh, at, the, at the waste management. It always provides a pretty good, pretty good storyline and – uh, go Bengals. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Yeah. Joey B. Joey Ice. Yeah. I'm talking today like, how do you not root for this guy? Is he, is he, is he the new face of the NFL? It's like, well, if he goes from Heisman to, to championship to World or uh, Super Bowl, no one's ever done that before. So, yeah, I think he would be like the face of the NFL. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. hope so. All right. Well, until next time, Boat, thank you very much. Get as out always, there and play friend. golf. Get out to play some. Enjoy some good weather. It's supposed to be warm in Take Northern California this week. Almost 80. It was like 72 degrees when I got here. I love February in California. It's the best. All right, everybody, until next time, adios. Adios, amigo. Thanks again to Jess, uh, and thank you, the loyal listener, uh, for listening to the Golf Guy podcast. I really appreciate you guys. If you want to support this podcast, uh, go support one of our sponsors, Hot Drops or Suave Golf. HotDropSauce.com, SuaveGolf.com, two phenomenal websites. Um, And also, if you want to leave us a rating uh, or subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, that also goes a long way as well. So 
Thanks again, everybody, and thank you again to my friend Broiler for providing us with the music for this podcast. The guy is just immensely talented. Don't forget to check out Broiler's uh, page on Bandcamp where you can download and listen to all of his music. And until next time, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you.